What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I'm Robert Wampler. Just dramatic listen to Red Zone Radio. I heard radio apps, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. So we were talking about the Suns today, and uh, we're also going to be talking about some NFL news, but I want to start off with some NFL news with Aaron Rodgers. So there are two stories after this morning. Both are indirectly about Aaron Rodgers. The first story is Jordan Love says, he is 100% ready to start if he is needed week one. Uh, the coaches are backing up. Everyone's backing up. Uh, scouts are saying he's doing good practice. Everyone's saying he's doing good practice. Uh, like I said, I believe, like I said yesterday, I believe he's I believe he's good. I believe he can play. Also, the other story is Deshaun Watson wants to go to Denver. Now, we don't know what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson with, with all the off-field stuff going on. But the story today is he wants to go to Denver. These stories both impact Aaron Rodgers in, in an indirect way because if these stories are true and if Jordan Love can play and if Deshaun Watson is going to go to Denver, then let me ask you, what's the market for Aaron Rodgers? We know Green Bay would want him back, right? I, I reasonably, Green Bay should want Aaron Rodgers back. But in the scenario, they say we can't we can't get him back. He's asking too much. He We, we don't know what to do. He's handling this situation badly. Uh, we don't want that on our franchise. We're going to stick with Jordan Love. In that real situation, obviously, if Aaron Rodgers says, I'll come back today, they take him to heartbeat. But I am just saying, in the situation where Jordan Love starts week one, and in the situation where Deshaun Watson starts for Denver week one, what is the market for Aaron Rodgers? Any, any, Almost any team would love to have Aaron Rodgers, right? Any team, I mean, almost any team would take over the quarterback they have now outside of maybe Kansas City, uh, maybe Seattle. But I'm just saying, how many teams have the actual revenue, the actual players, and the actual draft capital to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Only a few, right? Denver, with all their weapons they have, with all the draft capital they have, and it looks like they're going to get Sean Watson. And obviously, Green Bay was always, I think, a safety net for Aaron Rodgers uh, to come back to. But now they're saying, well, we got Jordan Love. And if a case does happen for Denver where they got a side between Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson is cheaper. You don't have to give as much draft capital. And he still has a million years to go until he retires. Aaron Rodgers is only two or three years, maybe four years out of retirement. Deshaun Watson's not. So I'm just saying... We are all making this into, well, Aaron Rodgers has leverage. Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to threaten to leave Green Bay. He's not coming back to Green Bay, and this is off of Green Bay. I don't necessarily know if Aaron Rodgers has necessarily 100% thought about the ramifications of his actions, given the fact that Jordan Love can play, given the fact that Sean Watson wants to go to Denver, given the fact that the quarterback market is now shrinking. Everybody always needs a quarterback, but there are a lot of quarterbacks taken in the draft. There are a lot of quarterbacks taken in franchise. Deshaun Watson appears to be on the move. All these great teams that Aaron Rodgers wants to go to have quarterbacks that are cheaper, younger, and can surround those quarterbacks with more talent than if you were to have Aaron Rodgers. So I'm just saying... I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm not saying he dug himself a hole. He's gonna I'm not saying he's like a finest spot onto a roster. Obviously he is. He was the MVP, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best in the league. I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers 
may have been in a little over his skis here. And I, I, people are still saying, look, the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay situation is fixable. But this thing with this thing with Jordan Love tells me that Jordan that Green Bay is not going to be the one to budge. Now, obviously, it appears as if Aaron Rodgers isn't budging, not going to OTAs, anything like that. I'm just saying Green Bay certainly is not budging either with the whole Jordan Love talk. And uh, it should be interesting to see what happens there. All right, so last night, Phoenix took a 2-0 lead. On the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix uh, is looking really good, like one of the best teams in basketball. They are one of the best teams in basketball. They are Chris Paul, Devin Booker, just everyone on that team just really showing up. Obviously, uh, Denver struggling. It, that series appears to be over. It appears as if the Suns will be in the Western Conference Finals. And uh, I, I, said, I said on Monday, no one's beating. No one is beating the Nets. Nobody. Uh, you're not going to beat them. I, I don't think anybody can. And I still hold true to that belief. However, the Suns are looking extremely dangerous out of the West. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think the Clippers are going to beat the Suns if they make it out of that series. I don't think the Jazz are going to beat the Suns if they make it out of that series. And and I, the Nets obviously have the firepower and the talent to beat the Suns. I'm not saying they don't, and I think they probably I would probably pick them if that series were to happen. But when you look at the Suns, the thing that I really enjoy watching about the Suns is they're this franchise, like, it's not like they added a whole bunch of pieces, right? It's not like in the offseason, like, like Tampa Bay, they didn't just add Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a huge part of that success, but they added Gronk, and, and they have the talent on defensive end, and, and they added some receivers in the draft, and they added some running backs, and they just added depth to this to this lineup, depth to this monster juggernaut lineup and the Suns didn't do that they were talented they just couldn't find the postseason they were talented they just didn't have a LeBron like leader on their team and they got Chris Paul and the interesting thing about Chris Paul is when you watch him it doesn't look like he has the smoothness of uh Steph Curry or Damian Lillard it doesn't look like he has the the shooting ability uh just it just doesn't look as it just doesn't look as flashy, right? But the Suns are one of the best teams in basketball. And I think sometimes we forget, like, like with Kansas City in the Super Bowl, they were so flashy and fun. But Tampa Bay had the stars. They had the game plan. They had the depth. And that's what the Suns are kind of reminding me of. If, if that series were to happen, that would be very much, to me, Kansas City and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Chris Paul... Would kind of be like Tom Brady, where he goes there. No, he's not as talented as Kyrie Irving. He's not as talented as Kevin Durant. Uh, but he is providing a stableness to a team where he allows Devin Booker to put up 47. Where he allows these guys to score. Where he scores. Where they're playing efficiently. Where they're playing elegantly. Where they're playing together. Putting all the oops up. Passing the ball. And it just... When you watch them in the Nets, if they were in the finals, to me, it would be very much Tampa Bay and Kansas City, where Brooklyn is flashy. And, I mean, they got scorers. And I said the other day, I don't think anyone's going to beat them. And I'm not saying I, I, I don't believe that anymore. But James Harden did get hurt. And remember after Kansas City when their two tackles got hurt? It, it just is it's so reminiscent of that for me. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are flashy, and they can score, and they're going to put up 120 a game. But if they meet Phoenix and they go to Arizona for the first final games, I mean, that is going to be a, a, that would be a great series. And I'm sitting here today 
and I don't see a team in either of their conferences that's going to beat either of those teams. I certainly don't see. I certainly don't see a team in the East that can beat Brooklyn. I just I don't see a team beating them. Now in the West, there are some teams. The Jazz are obviously very good. The Clippers are good. I don't think they're going to beat Phoenix. I think those could be close series, six, seven games. But I do think in the end, Phoenix will be uh, Western Conference champs, and that would be a heck of a series between the Suns and the Nets. All right, so here's some interesting college football news. Uh, according to Paul Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum show. Uh, apparently, there is some talk about. Obviously, there's been talk. I just talked about this other actually, but there's been some talk about expanding the playoff to 12 teams. And apparently, from the college football playoff committee, here is the proposed. Here is the proposed rule change, or not rule change, but new format to the playoffs. So you have the four highest ranked conference champions. They would be seeded one through four, each team receiving a first round bye. Teams selected five through twelve would play each other in the first round on home field or higher ranked team. So, for example, it'd be like a five versus twelve, six versus eleven, uh, seven seed versus ten seed, or an eight seed versus a nine seed. Uh, then the quarterfinals and semifinals would be played in bowl games. Championship game would remain a neutral site. Um, and here's the thing. People are going to see this, and they're going to freak out, and they're going to say, it's only for the four best teams. I talked about this the other day. College football has a glaring problem, and it is it has three teams that matter for if you want to include Oklahoma. Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. And nothing against those programs. Nothing against Oklahoma. Nothing against those programs. But eventually... When you see these leagues, and college football is my favorite sport, and I love watching. I like it better than NFL, I like it better than the NBA. But eventually when you see these other leagues, and you see, you know, the balance that the NFL has. We saw the Chiefs for two years be unstoppable, and they get to the Super Bowl, and they didn't even score a touchdown. And we saw in the NBA, I, when I was watching the other day, Jeff, Gang, Jeff Van Gunny made the point. The NBA is so hard to win, this year either Luka or Kawhi Leonard is not going to win a championship. They're not going to make it out of the first round, and Luka didn't. You see the balance that these other leagues have. You see the balance that college basketball has. Yeah, you have powerhouses. Duke didn't make it to the tournament this year, neither did North Carolina. Two powerhouses. So, to me, when you're watching college football, not only do you have games every week where it's like Alabama versus the Mercer, Ohio State versus Rutgers, and Clemson versus Virginia Tech, Michigan versus Army, it's why I said the other day, you have to encourage teams to schedule harder opponents by not punishing them as harshly for losing a game week one to the fifth best team in the country. What I mean by that is if Alabama schedules Clemson week one or or, or, or Florida State or a good team week one and they lose because they're not ready by one point on a last second field goal or maybe a blown call or something like that. And they and they end up not making the playoffs for that. Why would they schedule that game again the next year? Why would they schedule a game next year when they could schedule Florida Atlantic, blow them out, look good for the committee, and make it to the playoff every year? Same with Ohio State, same with Clemson, same with any team. And so the way you do that, encourage better games, is you expand the playoff. I love how much the, the regular season matters in college football. I do. And people are saying, well, if you expand to 12, the regular season doesn't matter as much. And that's not true. That is not true. You still, like I just said, to buy, you reward an incentive. Ohio State's going to be coming out of the Big Ten. Clemson's going to be coming out of the SEC, and Alabama's going to be coming out of the SEC. Every now and again, you have someone else, but 
majority for the next 10 years, that's how it's going to be. And you're going to have those guys coming out of those conferences, and they're going to get a first-round bye. But every but you'll have these different teams come in. you have 12 teams to have a crack at them. And I love the expansion because you're including more teams in on it. You're, inclu- you're making teams want to stay longer. You're making more players play in bowl games. I think this is very important for the NCAA to do. And uh, it, it makes more games for ratings, more games for people to watch, more games for people to bet on. And I would love it. And I think this is an awesome proposal by the NCAA. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Reds and Rain. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and uh, have a great day, everyone. I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.